Do you want me to get more coffee? Okay, you okay. get some more coffee. That's fine. Okay, thank you. I, of course, in Mary B's number five son. I have four older brothers, Jim, John, Joe, Jerry. All right, let's get rolling with episode number 32 of Coffee Break with Mary B's fifth son. And 32. There's a lot of famous people with number 32, but my favorite is Sandy Koufax, the left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers, who beat my twins in 1965 in the World Series. Great player. One of my favorite, favorite players, left-handed like me. So, of course, I had to like him, like Gail Goodrich and a few other left-handers out there. So, let's get moving with our coffee review. Last week, I talked about Barissimo coffee with the advent calendar. So, I tried a few more. The next one, number three, was coffee called Brazil, which wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't bad at all. So, it was okay. Would I buy it again? No, but it got me through. I didn't pour any of it out. I drank it all, so it wasn't that bad. It did have a nice taste to it, nice little nice little boldness on it, and it was okay. The next one was the Caramel Macchiato. It spelt like you're supposed to say caramel, but being from the south side of Chicago, let's call it caramel. Like uh, when they say da bears, well, on the south side of Chicago, it's these, thems, and those. Instead of caramel, it's caramel. So caramel macchiato. I thought I was going to like it, but I do like caramel, and it was very, very good. I liked it a lot. So that one, it had a nice caramel taste to it. So it was good. Nice richness to it. Very good. The next one was caramel pecan. On the south side, we call it pecan. But here I'll call it a caramel pecan. Pecan. And it was terrible. I don't like the... The caramel couldn't cover the taste of the pecan, pecan. So it wasn't wasn't it good? Um, thumbs down on it. You know, yeah, I had to test it out. I drank half it, poured it out. Uh, next one was cinnamon sticky bun. Nice taste to it. I thought it was gonna be like cinnamon, cinnamon, but it did. It had a nice taste to it. It was a little. Um, what do they call it? Frothy. Like I actually put some whipped cream on the thing to like make it frothy. So little cover up on it, but I would recommend it. That was the cinnamon sticky bun. Didn't pour it out, drank all of it, which was good. The next one was the Colombian, my favorite so far. That one was really good. It was really bold, had a nice, nice strong taste to it. Liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, that one I would highly recommend. So that was the rest of my testing. I will have more next week. I'm trying to drink one every morning. So um, next week I will have more. And the next one on the list will be Costa Rican. Okay, uh, one last thing with coffee review. We went to a restaurant called Golden Brunch on Golf Road. I think it's in Arlington Heights, right on the edge of Arlington Heights from Rolling Meadows. Uh, food was good. Coffee was excellent. Excellent tasting. Service was they kept up with the rotation, you know, six rounds. We weren't there long enough to get to six, but we were there enough where we got four turns around where they came to refill. But I got sticker shock when they gave me the um, bill or invoice, as we call it in the finance world. A cup of coffee was $3.10. John Travolta, Vinnie Vega in Pulp Fiction, 
on Uma Thurman orders that $5 milkshake. And he's like, $5 for a milkshake? It better be a damn good milkshake. Well, this was $3.10 for a cup of coffee. And you know what? It was really good, but it just highlighted to me how they keep saying that the price of coffee is going up. And it is. And this was a perfect example. But again, the coffee was good and the service was excellent. So let's move on to my movie reviews. These are, I like Hallmark Christmas movies. And normally in Hallmark Christmas movies, they say, uh, do you want some hot chocolate or do you want some hot cocoa? You know, and you always wait for that. And now I'm noticing a lot of them are mentioning cups of coffee. The first one I heard, which was one of the first Christmas movies this year, was the Santa Stakeout. And it's one of my new favorite uh, Hallmark actresses, uh, Tamira Mowry. She's the one that has a twin sister. And in this one, they're trying to find Santa Claus at their neighbor, Santa Claus. And she makes her neighbor, the guy helping her, a Santa coffee, which was interesting. It had peppermint and I think co cocoa, of course. And, but she called it a Santa coffee. Santa coffee now? I can go for that. Hey, rule number 37 of stakeouts games help keep the mind sharp. This might help too. What is this? Santa coffee. The secret's adding cinnamon and cocoa. My grandmother used to make them at Christmas. Christmas CEO with another one of my new favorites, Marisol Nichols. She was born in Chicago and grew up in Naperville, which is great. In it, uh, she's back in her office. She wants to think she's going to get promoted, of course, uh, in a typical Hallmark fashion. And actually, her first name is Christmas. She's under stress and back at the office. And her secretary says, do you want some coffee? Not, do you want some hot chocolate? Do you want some hot cocoa? Do you want a peppermint? candy cane, whatever. Coffee has reached Hallmark status, and that's a good thing. I've got a couple more that I'll review next week, but right now I'm noticing a lot of Hallmark movies with coffee in it, and that's a good thing. So I have the numbers in for your presentation. Great. And do you need your coffee? Yes. Please. Since it's Christmas time, I checked my mental Rolodex. I came to the year 1974. It's Christmas time, you know, I'm not working and I'm at home with my mom. It's probably a couple of days before Christmas. And that year I got two Christmas gifts. One was from my brother, Jerry, who was working, I think, at home store. So he was making money. All right. So he's a big time spender at that time. So he buys me a pair of black Converse. According to him, or apparently to him, back in 1974, black was the new orange. Because I liked, of course, my orange gym shoes, which was a great gift, but it shifted. You know, I think it was a life-changing experience for me. I got out of the orange because, again, I think in his mind, maybe those orange gym shoes I used to walk around with the tape and everything were bothering him. I don't know. He never told me. My mom has me open up a gift, which totally shocked me. She had asked me, or maybe heard me talking about it, a blue leather jacket was at Home Store. Okay, not I'm sorry, not at Home Store. That's where Red worked, but it was at Gately's. She has me open it. She knew I was anxious. I was sitting around. I was bored and didn't want to wait till Christmas. It was probably one of the few years 
we actually got got a gift because one year Graham and Molly gave us um, a hockey game, which was cool. I think that was like 1970. One year we got uh, pants and shirts from Graham and Millie. So I remember a friend asking, hey, what'd you get for Christmas? I saw we got pants and shirt, you know, and they're like, well, we get them all the time. All right, good. I mean, they didn't mean it in a bad way. They just mentioned it. So that was fine. So my mom has me open up this gift and it's this blue jacket and it's not leather. It's like blue vinyl, but I loved it. It was blue. You know, it was winter time. I was a senior in high school. And I would wear that thing all the time with my, and I had an orange wool hat, just so you know that. So I would walk to school or get on the bus and I'd have an orange wool hat on with this blue coat. <laughs> and now I have my black Converse. So, so I don't have shoes to match my hat because, you know, I know a lot of people like to have shoes match their hat or belt. So I was totally, I was black shoes, whatever pants that would fit. Um, I'd have this blue jacket and then an orange hat. I thought I looked good. And you know what? On the south side, far south side, I think I did. So I had that jacket. I had it until I went. My mom sent me to California. I was a witness to a crime. And I always thought she was punishing me by sending me to my Aunt Marge's, which was basically like sending me to Shawshank. Because uh, I knew how Aunt Marge was back from 1969, my mom's sister, when we were there. So she had me go there for, I thought it was going to be a couple of months, but it ended up being three weeks. But I was a witness to a crime. She was actually sending me away because the defendant in the trial or in the crime, he knew where I worked. He knew where I uh, lived. He knew I hung out at the bowling alley. He knew everything about me. He knew every. And one night I was sitting on my front porch. And we had this bush out there, so you couldn't see who was coming around the corner. And it was him. And I think it shocked him that I was sitting on that front porch. The guy lived on 126th and Emerald, which was, and I lived on 123rd and Normal. So he was looking for me, but they would come in to, uh, when I worked at Jewel on 127th Halsted, they would come in there and then at the bowling alley, 124th and Halsted. I, getting back to the jacket, I had that jacket, and instead of going directly to Riverside, where my aunt was at, I took the Greyhound to San Bernardino to go back to the old neighborhood. And that's where I looked up Frankie Hernandez. I think I'd mentioned that earlier that I went to his house. But what happened was I was rapping on the door and this big German shepherd come running around and I had to jump over his fence. And my jacket caught on the fence and I ripped it. My mom's Christmas gift. I ripped that jacket. Very upset. So when I got to my Aunt Marge's later that night, it was probably about midnight because I had to take the bus from San Bernardino or Riverside. And I, my mom had called her. So I think my aunt was waiting for me probably all night. She was mad when I got there. It was like uh, I had to do everything when I was there. You know, even though my cousin Tommy was there, uh, he didn't do, he was still in high school and, uh, I was doing what my Aunt Marge didn't know was that I was already doing dishes. I was already cleaning floors and everything, but she was on my ass every single day, every day, scrape the, the table, uh, pick up everything, make the beds, do everything. I think my mom told her, or it was just Aunt Marge the way she was, but I had to do everything. And I had no problem because I was actually grateful that she let me stay there. She said to me, 
She would take it to a tailor and get it fixed, and she did. She had him sewed it up, sew it up, and got it back to me. I had that jacket for, I think, another year at least, and then it just got worn down for me wearing I love that jacket. Probably the best gift I ever got. I think that was the only gift my brother Jerry ever gave me in my entire life was in black Converse, thanks to him. And... Uh, Thanks to my mom for giving me that. She thought it was a blue leather, but I never said to her it's not leather. I was just so surprised that she gave it to me. I think she was excited to give me that gift. One last thing, uh, when I was in California, I spent three weeks there. And I, I called up Collect, and of all people, the old man answered the phone. And he says to me, don't ever call her Collect unless you're dying. And if you, since you're in California, if you're dying, we'll never get to you. So don't call here collect anymore. I said, so you're paying the phone bills now? Let me get your mother. He wouldn't answer that question. So my mom came on. I said, I got to come home. I can't stay here with Aunt Marge again. Shawshank hadn't been filmed yet, <laughs> but Aunt Marge's house was like Shawshank. I came home three weeks later and things had calmed down a little um, as far as, uh, I, I did testify in court and all of that stuff. So, uh, but then I never heard of anything after that. So with that, I'm going to try, we're going to try and do our French press. Pamsy and I are going to try and, uh, she's going to film it and help me with my French press that uh, my producer and her hubby got me, which again, thank you very much. So uh, we're going to figure it out and we're going to tape it and then put it on Instagram, which is, <laughs> which is at Mary B's Fifth Son. At M-A-R-Y-B-S, number five, T-H-S-O-N. And I'm, I'm trying to put pictures on there. Put the gym shoes on with the duct tape. So I still look at that. Um, so that's it for now. Until then, next week, take care and Merry Christmas. To my mom, again, who always said two things will make a day go by better. Coffee and a smile. If you put those two together, you're going to have a good day. Thanks again for joining us with Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. Join us next week where we continually talk about coffee, which we all love. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jeff Balser. The intro was by Yvonne Two Elements. Thank you. Uh, production by Downtown Media Works. Join us every Sunday morning for Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. And you can like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts, and you can also find our website on Buzzsprout. Like yesterday was the anniversary of John Lennon getting shot, for God's sakes. My God, that was yesterday, wasn't it? That was like, so it was, what, 40, 41 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be one Wait of my... a minute. So I was one when he got shot? December 8th, we were in the hang-up. I will do it on one of my podcasts. Uh, we were in the hang-up at a What's bar. What's the hang-up? It's a bar down on Brush uh, Street. When, and we were watching Monday Night Football when Howard Cosell came on. And John Lennon was good friends with Howard Cosell. He came on to announce, well, he didn't come on, but he announced that John Lennon had been shot. So, yeah. Were you, was, like, so shocked? Oh, well, we were all in shock. We were always just about in tears. We were all, my brother John was there. We were all, he was a big John Lennon fan. We were just all totally in shock, okay? And it was it was really weird, but that's where we were at. We were at a disco, so it was. Uh, but yeah, yesterday was the um, the anniversary of it. Forty one years, my God, because we've that, been watching we've been watching the Beatles thing. So it's like we're looking at him 
such a talent and then he gets wasted by some some idiot so for this okay i thought about that there's 60, 60 hours of tape they went right through. so we're probably missing the, the juice they cut it they cut a lot out of her in there believe me did they really yeah they only showed 10 hours of it and so That's you have true. 50 hours not really and they made it where i mean i liked it a lot okay i i prefer they not show the ugliness of it if there was that i i liked the whole thing the whole, the whole thing was really good so it was good so but yeah 60 hours she was nasty all right in there he was a terrible streamer oh my oh god oh my god that, he was uh, on david letterman about 10 years ago screaming it was a joke but that's what she did in this Beatle thing was screaming on the microphone. And she did that on David Letterman one night. She came on, they had her sitting there, and she was just screaming. <laughs> she did it as a joke. She was making fun of herself, but it was kind of funny. But a lot of people took it serious. They like they thought she was singing, but she was just on there screaming.